Welcome to the Transformational Soul Show with your host, Ruth Saltzman. Are you ready to experience more stability in your life? You can change your life and be who you are meant to be, your authentic self. Hello, everybody. My name is Ruth Saltman, and welcome to the Transformational Soul. Um, welcome if you're here for the first time, and welcome back if you've been here before. Um, hello, Sarah. So good to see you. Hello, Laura. Nice to see you here as well. I want to say hello to everybody over there on Rumble that's watching, um, and you know wherever you're watching from, and if you're going to be watching the replay, that's on many different platforms. So I just want to welcome everyone. Um, to our wonderful spiritual family here. And before we get started, let's just take a few deep breaths and relax a little bit and just kind of let go of all the gunk that we've got sticking to us from the day um, so we can kind of get into this moment and be able to um, absorb the energy here and absorb our messages. So let's take a deep breath and let it out. And just relax. And another one. And again. It always makes me feel better to take a few deep breaths. It kind of does feel like, you know, you're getting rid of something that you don't really want to hang on to. And, and as we gather here together, we ask for our spiritual tribes to come in and form a sacred circle around us. We ask that they only let in the highest um, beings of the highest vibration of love and light into the sacred circle. We ask for all of our angels and archangels, all of our guides and angels, our healing angels, our higher selves, and all of our ancestors, as well as each of our spiritual teams, because we all have our own spirit team, spirit tribe. We ask for all of them to come and join with us in the sacred circle. We ask for our, for our spiritual tribe to wrap this and protect this circle with a beautiful light-filled bubble of the highest vibrations of love and light. We also ask that we be open to all the messages that we receive and that we receive them with a love-filled heart and an open mind. Very important to receive them through love and to remain open. <clears throat> We ask that they help us to heal and be for our highest and best good. We ask that we hear exactly what we need to hear and that we feel it with at our very core. We ask that all messages be given and received with the highest vibrations of love and light. And so it is. So I want to say hi to a few people here before I get into the announcements. Um, hello, Joyce. Nice to see you here. Hi, Marsha. I'm so happy you could make it. You are here for sanity. Oh, that's awesome. Well, let's hope you find it here. Hello, Heather. Nice to see you as well. Thank you to you guys that have sent in your testimonials for um, the Goldilocks shows and show hosts. We truly appreciate that. If you haven't done that yet, but you would like to, um, you can go to Goldilocks Productions website and click up at the top, click on testimonials. It'll take you right to the page where you can just enter what you want to say and submit it right there. And, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, anything really long. It could just be two or three sentences. Um, so it's, you know, Tiffany makes it pretty easy for us to be able to do that. So take advantage. Um, I want to say happy birthday to my daughter, Kristen, whose birthday is on Friday. So happy birthday, sweetie. And this Saturday is my first author fair at Copperfield Bookstore in Spring, Texas. So if you are in the area, I hope you will stop by. Um, the bookstore is sponsoring it. There's about 40 authors that are going to be there of different genres. Um, they have a free raffle and free refreshments. So it sounds like it's going to be a really good time. If you would like to send a tip or donation, you can do that via my Venmo at Ruth-Saltman. And that's R-U-T-H dash S as in Sam, O-L-T, M as in Mary, A, N as in Nancy. Or you can do a super chat, a super sticker, 
or a Rumble rant if you are watching on Rumble. Hello, Kim. Hi, Veronica. Oh, thank you, um, Laura. I'm pretty excited. Very, uh, I'm very excited. I probably won't sleep at all Friday because I'm all excited about it. <clears throat> so my I Am cards, I know I've shown them to you guys, you know, for the, probably the last month. They are now available. And they're 35 powerful affirmations that will help you release any blocks that you have to manifesting what you want in your life. I posted the link online and I will post it um, in the show comments after. Um, you just click on the link and it will take you to my online store where you can order them and they will ship them directly to you. I found that this was a lot easier for me and for you guys because if I purchase them first and have them shipped, then it takes a bit longer until you actually get them. Okay, so next month on June 22nd, Laura Romero is going to be my Words of Wisdom special guest to talk about her process of healing from grief and loss. So you do not want to miss that. The Words of Wisdom segment gives you the opportunity to come live with me to tell your story, to own your story, to empower you. Your story will definitely um, inspire and motivate someone else. If you would like to come on and tell your story, you can message me on Facebook or email me at Ruth at RuthSaltman.com. So now we're going to um, go into our Words of Wisdom segment. And we have a very special guest. It's me. I'm my special guest today. Um, and what I wanted to do was talk to you about um, during my healing process, the things that I found that um, were most important to me that I learned. Um, and I, I, you know, it's, they're not in any special order. I wrote them all down. And this was the things that I learned from my process of healing of I have a hair or something on me from my process of letting go of all of my issues of working on forgiveness of, you know, doing all that stuff. This is the, the things that stand out to me the most. Um, the first one is you will never know what you are capable of if you stay in your comfort zone. And to you know, that's really huge for me because it's a scary thing to do to step outside of your comfort zone. It's called a comfort zone for a reason because that's where we are comfortable. Um, now, look at, I used to work in a counseling office. I was a secretary. And there would people be people that would come in and they would have been raised by someone who was abusive. Then they, in turn, would do the same thing to their kids. And I asked one of the counselors one time, I said, well, you know, I really don't understand that because... If they know what it's like to be treated that way, how can they treat someone else that way? And she said, it's because that's what they're used to. That's where they're comfortable. And as sad as it is to say, you know, our, the, the things that we stay in comfort are not that extreme. However, at least I hope not. However, you know, we're fine staying stuck in our little pattern of the way we do things. And we don't like to step outside of those bounds. Um, <clears throat> The, the one quote I read before was it was about, I can't remember exactly how it went, but it was about stepping outside of your comfort zone because that's where the, the rewards are. And it's so true. It would be so easy to go through our life day after day after day, staying in that place where we're comfortable and never venturing any further. You know, it would be like staying home all the time, never even going outside to know what's there because you know, we don't know what's going to be beyond our comfort zone. But once you take that step and you put that process in motion, that um, it takes you to places you never could even have imagined. Never could have imagined. And, you know, you can either stay where you are for the rest of your life and stay in that stagnant energy that's never moving um, you know, it's kind of like your feet are planted in concrete. 
or you can face that fear of whatever's holding you back. And, you know, I'm sure it's different for everyone. We all have different things that we fear. And sometimes we fear that we're not good enough. Sometimes we fear that people will laugh at us. Um, we feel inferior. We feel like we can't do something. But that, that self-talk is so not true. Um, there really is nothing to fear at all. Uh, you just got to do it. And when you do, you will feel so empowered. Just like when you guys come on here and do the words of wisdom. Every single person that has been on here has told me how it gave them more confidence and how it empowered them. Every single one. Because that's what happens. They stepped outside of their comfort zone. They put their self out there for everyone to see. And, you know, that's what happens. And it makes you feel so much better about yourself. It makes you feel like you can just do anything. It makes you feel very powerful, very powerful. Joyce says, oddly, I worked at a residential count as a residential counselor too, and I get it. Yeah, and it's sad. It's sad when you see patterns like that repeat. But I know that we can all see patterns in our own behavior of, you know, things that we're not willing to at this moment to do. But once you work on yourself and you have that love for yourself and you know that you are no better or no worse than anyone else, you know, we're all equal. Um, and in spirit, we are all the same. We are all one. Um, and once you realize that, you will be able to take those steps. And, you know, you don't have to go and like, it's not like jumping off a cliff. You can take baby steps. That's fine. As long as you are moving forward. You're going to be a little, little by little, you're going to get closer to stepping beyond that area where you're so comfortable. Sarah says, so true. I never dreamed that I would be talking in front of people. I was so afraid of that all my life. Once I stepped out of my comfort zone is when I started doing my show. Glad I did. Well, I'm glad you did too. Um, and I know I totally get what you're saying, Sarah. Um, I could never, I never even made videos. I didn't even like taking pictures, but I would never make videos. I never, um, I never liked speaking in class, but ever since I started doing this show, not one single time have I been nervous. It just, I feel very comfortable, which I'm very grateful because if I had to get up here every week and be a nervous wreck, I don't, I, I wouldn't want to do it. Um, another thing that was that I learned from my experience and my healing was that I'm so much stronger than I ever imagined I was. So many times, you know, we go through things in our life, especially like emotional pain. And we, we feel like I am not going to get through this. I just can't do it. I'm not strong enough. But you know what? Think about this. You've come through every single thing that life has thrown at you so far, right? And you're still standing. We are so much stronger than we realize. And the only one that can make us feel like we aren't is ourselves. You know, we, we just beat ourselves up so much with our negative talk and, you know, and all of that. Why not try some positive talk and build yourself up? Tell yourself how wonderful you are. You know, my five-year-old granddaughter, Laren, had her pre- kindergarten graduation last night and there were six classes of pre-k children so there they went up there and one of the things that they asked her when they gave them their little diploma was what do you want to be when you grow up and I, I listened to every single one and I was so impressed because this is such a far cry from when I was a child and even when my kids were um there was um quite a large percentage of girls who want to be firefighters. Um, a lot of the boys wanted to be police officers, teachers, um, chef, astronauts, and moms. Those are the ones that I heard absolutely the most. And they're all things that people will be doing in being of service to others. And I thought, how cool is that? There wasn't one singer, actress, model, nothing like that. That's like what the rage was when I was a kid because, you know, well, back then we didn't have a lot of choices. Um, not that I, you know, come from the Stone Age, but 
it, things were a lot different when I was young, you know, there weren't all these opportunities to go to college. Then you either had to be either dirt poor where you couldn't even rub two pennies together or your parents had to be loaded and that there was like no in between. I'm really grateful that that's changed over the years, but I was just so impressed with these kids and, you know, like, it's like the views of these, these young society people are changing, you know, they want to do something where they can do good, where they can help people. It wasn't all about something where I, I can make the money um, and stuff like that. It's things where they want to help people. Now, yes, they're four or five years old, but if they've got that spark in them now and that spark is um, stoked over the years, it's going to be amazing when they're grown. Okay, so being much stronger. Um, yeah, Sarah's right. Having college online helps too. That's very true because a lot of people, you know, that saved costs too. Um, but we are all much stronger than, than we even imagine we are. We get through so much. And when it comes to healing, it's painful work to do, but you're stronger than you know, and you will be able to do it and you will be able to get through it. And you will be that much stronger when you come out the other side. Another valuable thing that I learned was when you accept yourself and love yourself unconditionally, it changes everything. Now, yes, I grew up knowing that my parents loved me unconditionally, knowing that you were going to, you were supposed to love people no matter what. Now, while that is true, <clears throat> um, I was never taught that I'm supposed to love myself unconditionally. Now, I'm not saying that, that that doesn't mean my parents were, you know, bad people, but that's not what they were taught or how they were raised. Um, I was always taught, you, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, that other people come first. Um, and the thing with that I learned about unconditional love like you can love someone unconditionally, but that does not mean that they have a place in your life. You can love them from afar. So just because you love someone unconditionally does not mean you get to let someone walk over all over you. It doesn't mean you get to let someone mistreat you um, because, you know, that right there is crossing a huge line and you need to know that the difference you, um, but if you love yourself unconditionally, you're not going to attract that kind of energy. You're not going to let people treat you that way because you know that you deserve better. Um, forgiveness. Forgiveness was huge for me. And I think that's one of the reasons why when I wrote my books that they guided me to put my forgiveness exercise in each one of my books. Because um, I kind of thought it was a bit repetitive and they just kept saying, no, put it in there. I'm like, okay. Um, but forgiveness is the key. The key to healing your past trauma and your past issues. And you know how sometimes, you know, you'll feel like somebody has just hurt you so much and, you know, well, they're not even sorry and you don't talk to them anymore. Or maybe they've already, you know, passed on from this earth and you have no way to resolve your issues with them. The beautiful thing with forgiveness is you don't have to. Forgiveness is not about them. It's not about them being sorry. It's not about them um, changing their behavior. It's about you. It's a, it's a process that you do for yourself. It's a gift you give to you. Because when you let go of forgiveness, I mean, you're not saying that it didn't happen or whatever. But you're saying you're not going to let it affect your life anymore. It's not going to affect you in the present because you've, You've healed it from the past, so it won't affect you in the present or in the future. So forgiveness is, like, I would say one of the most important things we can do for ourselves. Um, another thing is we have to put ourselves first and take care of ourselves first before we're able to take care of anybody else. Otherwise, we're going to be depleted of our energy. Otherwise, we are... Um, you know, we're going to be tired all the time. And after doing it for so long, it's going to cause health issues. It's going to cause a lot of stress. Um, 
and this is something that you know when i was growing up this is not something that was ever taught um women generally you know i would say it was the norm that mom stayed home took care of the husband the kids and the house and the dads went out and worked now things started changing you know when i was younger but that's how it was you know in the beginning of me and you know the whole idea and thinking then was you know you put your family first you do for them first and if you're not too worn out you know maybe you could possibly do something for yourself but that's not right thinking because if we can't take care of ourselves first if we can't fill ourselves up first then we have nothing to give to anybody else our self-care is crucial for our well-being it's absolutely crucial and I see a lot of women today who are still struggling with this I struggled with this because at first you know it made me feel like I was kind of selfish but it isn't selfish at all I learned that um, it's very important that we especially as women you know take extreme care of ourselves we um, you know get enough rest we take moments for ourselves you know we do things that help us feel re regenerated and rejuvenated that's very important for our health on every level for our well-being on every level um and another thing that was really key for me is remembering my purpose and living in my passion because when you start doing that, it helps you to remember who you are. It helps you to remember why you are here once you start this. And, you know, if this is stuff that we came here. This is knowledge we brought with us. We absolutely brought it with us into this lifetime. And, you know, it's kind of like a little game where we have to, you know, uncover and remember what those things are. And sometimes they will just come to us. Sometimes a series of events will lead us in that direction. And, you know, if you kind of think about it, you know, maybe it is kind of like a little game, kind of like a scavenger hunt where we have to, we find little clues here and there until we find the big prize. <coughs> but when you know your purpose and you're living your purpose in your purpose with your passion, um, that is when you shine so bright and you raise your vibration and you want to do the healing because you want even more of that. And when you start uncovering all this stuff, you start remembering who you are. You start to remember your truth. Sarah said, I always felt that way too. Putting myself first was selfish, but I have finally learned that it's not selfish at all. No, it is not. And it's not something to ever feel guilty about either. You cannot feel guilty for needing some time to yourself. You cannot feel guilty for, you know, taking a super long bath and reading your favorite book. You know, you can't feel guilty about those things. Everybody else will be just fine. <coughs> now, I'm not saying to do that if you have two-year-olds running around. But, but you guys know what I'm saying. Another really important thing. Hello, Stoney. He says, just got here slightly late. Nope, you're right on time. Another thing that was that I learned was that love and kindness are never wasted. Now, how many times have you been in a relationship with someone and you know you just gave them all you've got as far as love, 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 being so kind to them all the time, and then they just kind of like poop all over you, right? And you think, I just wasted all my time. I just threw all my love at the wrong person. But that isn't true. Because when you are putting those things out there with pure intention, they're never going to be wasted. How could they be? They're pure. And when you, 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 so you've gone all this time putting out all this incredible energy. It might have been towards this one person, but you're still putting it out there and it's still going to have that ripple effect just because that person did not feel worthy because maybe they don't know about unconditional love or, you know, whatever they're, they're, they, they need to heal from. 
Um, and, you know, sometimes that's true. They don't feel worthy. They feel like you're better than, than they are. Or, you know, maybe their parents didn't love them unconditionally. Now, how sad is that? I mean, always having to jump through hoops worried that your parents aren't going to love you. I can't even imagine. I was so blessed and I know I was blessed because I have known people whose parents did not love them unconditionally. And, you know, it kind of messed them up for a while. So they never really learned how to do that. And they were never accepting of that kind of love because they had never experienced it. And it kind of, you know, it can be, I guess the energy maybe kind of too much for some people. I don't know. But just know that when you put that love out there and you do an act of kindness or you show someone kindness, it will never, ever be wasted. Another important thing I learned is to find your truth and live in it every day. What is true for me may not be true for you and vice versa. And the only way to find your truth is to figure out um what is what about you is it really you because you know we have all these layers of things that have been put on us from other people we have beliefs that have been handed down to us from our families and you know there comes a time when you can either just keep those and say you have that i believe that because that's how i was raised and you just don't want to think about it but when you do and you really feel figure out how you feel about things and what you believe and you shed all those years of other people's beliefs, other people's ideas, then you're going to get to the core of who you are. You're going to get to your own truth. You're going to figure it all out. And then when you live in that truth every day, you are so powerful. Laura says, interestingly, I got that channeled message this morning while writing my book, Love is Never Wasted. Love is Never a Mistake. Oh, I love that, Laura. I love that. That is so beautiful. Mm. So it's really important to live in your truth. You don't want to live in someone else's truth. You don't want to pretend to be something that you're not or someone that you're not. Um, how many times have you ever known someone who, um, like, every new friend they would get, they would, like, act like them? Or, you know, they couldn't be themselves. They would, it was like, kind of like a chameleon, you know, how they change color, um, depending on their environment. There's people like that, too. They change their personality, their style of clothes, their hairstyle, everything, depending on who they are in company with. Because they really don't know who they are. And, you know, when you're younger and sometimes when you're older, but mostly when you're younger, you can make a connection with someone. And because you don't know the truth of who you are, you can be swayed very easily. You see, we, you, you can see this a lot with like, you know, teenagers and stuff because they're still just trying to discover who they are. And, you know, so sometimes they can maybe get in with the wrong people or whatever. Um, so it's really important to follow your own truth. <clears throat> Trusting your intuition 100% will change your life. Um, you can get those little nudgings. You can hear that little voice. You can intuitively feel it. You can hear it from spirit, from angels. It doesn't matter. Your higher self, whatever you call it, whatever you feel it is, you will get those nudges. You will get those ideas. You will get those messages of, you know, why don't you go over here? Look at this over here. Try this direction. Oh, you got to wait five minutes to leave. Don't leave yet. And then you find out it's because you avoided a major traffic accident. Um, so many different things. And every time that I have listened to my intuition, I have never been sorry. The times that it nudged me in one direction and I said, Mm, that just doesn't seem reasonable. Now, you know, this was a while ago, many years. And I would think, well, that doesn't seem too reasonable to me. So I would go in a different direction, regret it every single time because the message they were trying to give me <coughs> was for my best and highest good, but I didn't listen. 
I know it's hard and it's kind of scary sometimes to listen to that because we always look for validation outside of ourselves. We need to look for validation inside of ourselves. And we get messages all the time. Sometimes it's in a movie. Sometimes it's through music. Sometimes it's through someone else's conversation. But we're always, you know, taking in messages and information and ideas. Sometimes, you know, we're not paying attention. So the next time, you know, they're going to have to knock a little bit harder to get your attention. So be mindful of everything. Be mindful of background music when you're in the nail salon. Be mindful of um, food that you smell when you're in a restaurant. Not yours, but maybe someone else's that they're carrying by. Maybe it reminds you of someone. Um, be mindful of everything. And a lot of times there's a lot of messages through song lyrics. I've seen that a lot with myself. Numbers. Or you'll get um, a flash of a picture of something. But pay attention to all of that. Start trusting your, your intuition. And I know a few weeks ago, I could have been last week, I'm not sure, but one of these weeks recently, we talked about intuition in different ways that you can practice your intuition so that you can really hone it. I think it might have been last week. Um, but um, there are lots of ways you can do that. And it's fun. It's fun to practice. And it's fun to watch how much your intuition increases because it is like a muscle you know when you exercise it you strengthen it and you know that's what you want to do when you get to the place where you can trust it 100 percent without a doubt without question it changes everything for you um for one you no longer have that doubt you know you no longer think hmm was, was i just thinking that or is that really an intuitive message no, it's more than likely it's really an intuitive message. If it's trying to guide you to something that's for your best and highest good, it's going to be, you know, an intuitive message. Whether that comes through your own intuition or, like I said, angels, source, you know, wherever it comes from. It could even come from a loved one who's passed on. Um, but pay attention to all of that because it's really, really important removing blocks, energy blocks, things that are in your way that are keeping you from what you want, that are keeping you from manifesting, <clears throat> that are keeping you from living your best and highest life. Um, you know, sometimes we have blocks to money because we believe money is evil or we believe that people that have a lot of money do no do bad things with it. Um, you know, I remember growing up hearing root is the money of all evil, but I do not believe that. I probably did when I was a kid, but you know, and a lot of times we feel we don't deserve something and that will create an energetic block. So you have to get rid of that. You know, you can do all the healing in the world that you want, but sometimes you might just be moving those blocks because you're not getting rid of them entirely. <clears throat> so that's another thing that's super duper important. And the last one is having an attitude of gratitude. I've always been thankful and grateful, you know, for what I have. And if someone like gives me something, you know, I, I express my gratitude. I am very grateful. But one of the things that I noticed that was different when I was doing my healing work is I think more in the past, I felt like I said it just because I felt like I needed to, I didn't really feel it deep inside. When I started to really feel, wow, I am, I am just so grateful that that happened. Or, um, you know, I just, it completely changed everything. You really, when you were doing the work, you really have to feel it, feel it deep inside of you. I mean, if you just mumble the words and go through the motions, what is that going to do for you? Not a whole lot. You can say, yeah, oh, I went through that. Yep, I worked that out. I did that. But if you don't really go deep, then it's not going to help you at all. It's not going to heal anything. You know, it's just going to scratch the surface. Sarah says, that makes so much sense. If you don't believe that you deserve it, it won't happen. And I, I, I know, and it's very true. And a lot of times, you know, 
we're so worn down by, by society, we feel like we're not good enough. I mean, open a fashion magazine and look what the perfect, you know, woman is supposed to look like. It's ridiculous. Um, you know, everyone is different, but especially, you know, when you're like your teen years, you know, they look to stuff like that. They look to celebrities. Um, they look to all these famous people, actresses, um, singers, and they're like, they idolize them and they want to be like them. And, you know, it's, it's just really sad because they're, it, the images that they project a lot of times is not real because, you know, all these photos are Photoshopped now. Um, you can add stuff here. You can just um, subtract stuff there in photos. So um, it's very deceiving, especially for girls. And it's very sad, too, because they grow up feeling like they're not good enough. And once they start developing that feeling, it's, it takes a long time, you know, to overcome that. Um, I remember when I was going to the Unity Church in Houston when I first moved here. And there was a, a, a famous author that was coming to, like, give a talk. And they had her picture up when they were advertising it up on the big screen, you know, in there. And, and I saw it. And. I was like, oh, yeah. Well, I ended up going. And when she walked in, I'm like, who is that? I said that to the person that I was with. And they're like, what do you mean? She looked totally different than her photo. And I thought, man, and I've seen this with a lot of people that they do this. Even people like on Facebook and stuff. Everybody, you know, makes themselves look like 20 years younger, you know, and all this other stuff. But, um but when you get to a place where you're not even recognizable, I, I don't see what, you know, what good that does. But when this woman walked out, I didn't even know who she was. She looked absolutely nothing like her picture. Like her picture, maybe if she, when she was like 20 and now she was like 60. Um, but no, it was just crazy. Um, but, you know, all these false images like that, you know, give a lot of people ideas that, you know, we need to, uh, we need to obtain, attain, attain um, some sense of perfection. And that is just not true. We're perfect exactly the way we are. And yes, that is a hard thing sometimes to, to um, feel within yourself because we know, we know everything we think, we know everything we do. We know, you know, how we look, we know um, everything about us. We know things that we've said that we shouldn't, things that we've done that we shouldn't. And we know all that stuff about ourselves. But that doesn't matter. You know, we're all, we're all masterpieces, but we're also works in progress. And if you're, you know, you're all, we're always working on ourselves, whether we even realize it or not. Sometimes it's, you know, unintentional, but a lot of times it's intentional. Um, and so having that attitude of gratitude and being grateful for what you have, you know, puts that energy out of gratitude and it just goes everywhere. And the universe takes that, matches it and sends you more things to be grateful for. And that's one thing that I noticed was when you really feel that gratitude deep inside, um, it really, it really does make a difference. I mean, I've gotten to the point where, um, like someone said something to me or did something and it seemed very tiny and minor to them, but I was so touched that it brought tears to my eyes. I mean, you know, I know that's what I knew. I was really feeling the gratitude. So it's really important to not only have the attitude of gratitude, but to feel it really deep inside yourself. Sarah said, just like they try to push that, you should always look young Aging is a beautiful process and we should embrace it. Yes, I totally agree. And, you know, part of my process um, was I felt, and I'm not putting anything on anyone. I'm not knocking anyone that does this. Sarah said, gray hair is our silver lining. 
Um, if you color your hair, that's fine. I colored my hair most of my life since I was probably 15 years old. And my, you know, I got to the point where it was my roots were growing out so fast. I would have to color it every three weeks. And my mom was like, you should just let it grow out. Like, are you nuts? I am never going to do that. I will never do that in my whole entire life. Never. Um, I will always color my hair. And in 2018, right before Christmas, I stopped coloring my hair. And I just felt like that's something I needed to do for me. And yes, you know, I let it grow out and it, it took a while. And like I was telling Tiffany, when I see myself on the camera here, my hair looks kind of like brown with some gray, with some blonde highlights, but it's not. It's a dark gray with silver in it. And, and um, I always told my mom I would never do that. But for some reason, I was moved to do this back in 2018. So after I started the, my journey to do that, um, I started learning that there was like this whole big movement going on of women letting of women going gray. I was like, wow, this is crazy. I found a couple of Facebook groups and, you know, it was really interesting. People were, some people would shake their head because they couldn't stand watching it grow out. But then shortly after um, this, we hit COVID. So everybody was staying home. So, you know, sometimes you would go out and you'd have like this much new growth and people would look at you like, hmm, uh, you're, you're really unkempt today, but like, and then there's other people that would say, wow, you're growing your hair up. That is so awesome. But I will tell you if anybody is thinking about doing it or feels nudged to ever do this in your life, let me just tell you, it is an extremely freeing experience. Um, it's, I just feel like it's me now. Um, but I went through the, the the process of letting it grow, and and it took a while. I cut it. My hair has grown a ton since then. My hair is healthier than it's ever been, probably because it was over damaged from you know coloring it and bleaching it all my life. But um, it's healthier than it's ever been. I've had new hair grow in. When it first started, I had all these little tiny hairs all over, which kind of drove me crazy. But then I figured out there are new hair growing in, so I was excited. My hair is um, in the best condition now than it's ever been. Linnell says, then I went, she said, for sure, then I went purple. Hey, purple, nothing wrong with purple. I feel like everybody should do exactly what they want to do and what they feel they should do and what's right for them. That's just part of living in our truth, right? Now, Linnell, when I think of you, I think of purple hair. I always see purple when I, I see your name. And, but let me tell you, while, while you can rock it, I, I couldn't. <laughs> let me tell you that. So we all have to do what we're comfortable with. We need to get rid of all these societal norms, you know. You have to be skinny. You have to, um, you know, get rid of your wrinkles. No, I earn these dang things. I want people to see them. Now, you know, when I'm like 95 and that's all I am is wrinkles, I might feel a little different. I don't know, but I don't care about that. Um, we have to be comfortable with who we are. But, you know, all of those wrinkles just shows that you've lived life. Laugh lines, you've laughed a lot, right? So, you know, don't ever be ashamed of that or feel like I look old. Did I have to look younger? Because we are all perfect just like we are. It's all that crap that's thrown on us from society. You've got to buy this cream or you got to buy that lotion because otherwise you're going to look like uh, your age. <laughs> I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, Linnell said, so true. Let me see. I think I missed something here. Maybe not. Okay. And then Marsha said, and, oh, thank you, Marsha. Marsha says, and it is beautiful. Well, thank you so much. Um, hi, Kavita. Kavita just joined the show. Sarah said, I had a girl I worked with ask me when my roots were showing, when you're going to dye your hair? Because that looks awful. From that moment on, I never dyed my hair again. But see, oh, you never dyed it again. Good for you. Good for you. 
Signs are special in every form. Yes, I thought you were going to say you never stopped dying it. But, um, but we don't need to worry about what other people think, right? We don't need to worry about that at all. Why is it that when a man, oh, thank you, Kavita. Kavita said my hair looks pretty. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And why is it when a man starts aging, oh, it's, you know, he looks sexy and mature with some silver and gray, or look at those, you know, lines around his eyes. Oh, he looks so handsome. But we have different ideas for women. That needs to change. And I think slowly it is, but um, we need to, I would love it if it would change a little bit faster. <laughs> On my birthday this year, my little five-year-old grandson comes over to me and he goes, Grandma, he goes, how old are you today? I said, I'm 59. He goes, oh, you're going to be 60 next year? I said, yeah. He said, oh, but I don't want you to be old. It's not old. It's just so funny because like my mom was in her 70s, mid 70s, I believe, when all the kids, you know, would hang around her. Hello, Melissa. Nice to see you. Um, and, you know, to him, of course, he's five, so 60 seems old. But, you know, when I think about it, like my grand, my grandfather was 90 something and uh, I don't feel I, I don't feel like over 40. That's how, just how I feel on the inside. So age is just a number. It, to me, it always has been. And, you know, we can do anything at um, any age. I'm going to read you something. I have it on my phone. And this is, I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about going for your dreams. And now is a good time to bring this up as soon as I find it here. Because I thought it was so cool, especially to anyone who feels like, um, you know, their life is over after a certain age and that they really can't do anything or shouldn't try to do anything. Oh, here we go. This is an extensive study in the USA found that the most productive age in human life is between 60 to 70 years of age. Of that, I know that's pretty shocking. The second most productive stage of the human being is from 70 to 80 years of age. The third most productive stage is from 50 to 60 years of age. The average age of a Nobel Prize winner is 62. The average age of the presidents of prominent companies in the world is 63. The average age of the pastors of the 100 largest churches in the USA is 71. The average age of the popes is 76. This tells us in a way that it has been determined that the best years of your life are between 60 and 80. But we're always taught to believe that, no, we're going to decline. And, you know, we're not going to be any fun anymore and people aren't going to want to be around us. But that is not true. A, a study published in the New England Journal of Medicine found that at age 60, you reach the top of your potential, and this continues into your 80s. Therefore, if you are between 60 to 70 or 70 to 80, you are in the best and second level of your life. And this was published in the New England Journal of Medicine in 2018. And I thought that was so cool because, you know, that's not the the ideas uh, that we as a society have about, about people, you know, in those age brackets, not at all, you know, and it's sad that we don't because there's so many other countries that have the utmost respect and care for their seniors, but we don't do that here. Um, we need to, we need to change that. It's just a mindset. We just need to change that because <clears throat> Um, I remember my grandma, like all my life when I was a kid, my one grandma, she was always doing something. This woman would paint. This woman would um, take care of the lawn. And she had a husband, but she was always very active. And she just had seemed to have so much energy all the time. My other grandmother worked um, my entire life until maybe a couple years before she passed away. She was always very active. Um, 
so I think a lot of these ideas are changing towards age and it's really nice. Lanelle says, weed out the yucky ones. Sarah says, embracing our true beauty. Yes. Lanelle said, my mom is working on her sixth level black belt at 85. See, isn't that amazing? Stoney says, his most productive was between 35 and 45. So far, at least. Lanelle. Old and young will be honored differently in the future. Yes, and it's not that would be wonderful because you know a lot of times we don't take children seriously. And this is an issue I've always had because when I was a child, although you know I felt like I had the greatest family, I did kind of feel like I wasn't heard. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. When it seemed important to me, I felt like I wasn't heard. And that's always one thing I made sure to really listen to my children when they're trying to tell me something. And this one time I went up to school for my son, my little one, he was, he was then Josh. And I'm standing there talking to the teacher and some kid runs up to her to ask her a question. And she's like, she kind of like puts her hand on. She says, you're going to have to wait. I'm speaking with an adult. And the way she said it, it just like turned me right off. Like speaking to adult was so much more important than speaking to this little kid. And I thought that is just not right. Um, but a lot of times, you know, we treat, we treat children like they, they should be seen and not heard. But it's so important for them to voice what they need to. Um, they're, they're little mini adults, you know. And it's so cool to watch how they grow and expand. Um, yes. Linnell says, the new young ones are super special. And they're super smart. And they're, they're learning things super fast. You know, and it's so exciting to watch. Like the generation of my grandkids. Like, Judy is like 15 months old. And she doesn't say a whole lot of words. She'll say a few. But she doesn't say many. But she communicates exactly what she wants. She knows where to go to get what she wants. Um, she wants a drink, she'll go to the refrigerator. She wants a certain snack, she'll go and point. She wants you to put the blinds up, she'll, she'll motion for you to do that. She always tells me what she wants. I'll ask her if she's ready to go take a nap, she'll get her blanket and go walk over to the stairs. She can't go up the stairs because there's the child safety gate. But she knows she communicates so well for being so little now kristen just had a baby last month um like two days after he was born he's already lifting his head he's already rolling over that's like unheard of these kids seem to be like in a hurry like they they want to get where they need to be to to do what they came here to do and it's really exciting to see that this that's how this generation is going to be these kids are very special now, I thought the same thing, you know, when my kids were born, I, I saw, I spent a lot of time with kids then because I had four kids and they always had friends over and stuff because we were like the place where all the kids wanted to play when they were little. So I did see a lot of what that generation was like. And I'm telling you, there are so many special, special kids who already know who they are, kids who are already living in their purpose or living in their truth. And you can just look in their eyes and their, their light shines so bright. So it's really our job, not just as parents or grandparents or aunts or uncles, but as a society of loving beings, it is our job to keep them in this place. You know, life is going to be so much easier for them if when they they live in this vibration all the time and they're creating this vibration and it's rippling out and it's helping to lift us as well but this generation is just absolutely amazing joyce says i'm sorry i have to go talk soon thank you and good night well thank you so much for being here joyce i love you i'm so glad you could be here um so that's what i have learned from from my healing journey um, it's really important to start because you're not going to get anywhere if you don't just start. Um, 
Lynn says, I get right down on their level, same as animals. That's amazing. That's what more people need to do. Um, and I see the way the kids communicate with animals. I also, one thing that's always struck me, um, kids relate very well to elderly people. When my kids were really little, like my one grandfather, he was not the most pleasant person. You didn't roll out the red carpet and, you know, get all excited when he would come over because he wasn't that much fun to be around. He was grumpy, miserable kind of person. Okay. <clears throat> Whatever reason, I don't know. But, you know, he would come over and visit sometimes. And because my mom was his only child and his wife had passed many, many years before. And so it'd be like, oh, yeah, great. You know, he's coming. But my kids, especially one of my girls, would do just like she would be all over him. She'd be like in his face. He'd be watching sports. She'd get in front of the TV and start reciting her nursery rhymes. You know, she didn't have any kind of angst about this man. And um, children don't, you know, they see the good. They see that beautiful spirit that's in them in other people. And it's a really great place for them to be. And, um, but you know, when you start your healing process, it can be very um, overwhelming because when you start bringing some of these things to the surface, sometimes they're going to come really fast. Sometimes it's just going to be like bubble, 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 and there they are. But you have to bring them up to the surface in order to heal them. You can't leave them down deep inside of you anymore. It's time to let that stuff go. And the only way to heal it and get past it is to deal with it. And work through it. You know, a lot of times we say, well, that's done and over with. You know, it's gone. I'm not worried about it anymore. But it's going to come back up and rear its ugly head in another person or another experience. You're going to have exactly those same feelings that you had because you haven't healed it yet. That's one really good way to know when you, you know, have healed. Because when you're, when you're presented with the same experience that cause certain specific feelings in you that you have healed when you are when you get that experience when you're facing it again you will feel completely different it's not going you're not it's not going to trigger you because you know our triggers are gifts because they show us where we need healing and <clears throat> triggers can be very important you know when they happen to us of course you know they're irritating and annoying and you know we get all upset about it but it's triggering you for a reason to show you it's shining a light to show you where you need healing where you need to do some work so pay attention to those triggers laura says very good show thank you so much laura i'm so happy you could be here and i'm really excited that you're going to be here next month for the words of wisdom i'm really looking forward to that um so remember when you encounter those triggers they're, they're really a blessing because they're helping you to see what you need to heal. And it's so amazing. That was when many years ago, when I had started, you know, going through my healing process, because this wasn't an overnight thing for me. You know, it took me a while. I was always in life, seemed like I was a late bloomer, but um, everything is in divine timing. So, you know, it is what it is. But that's when I really noticed I was really, really starting to dig deep and heal some of those issues was when I was presented with a situation that had hurt me before, bothered me before, um, and all, all that. And when I was presented with it again, I didn't have any of those feelings. I felt very bad for the person. My, my thought was, wow, you know, you, I can't even imagine what you must be going through to be putting what you're putting out there. Um, so I kind of saw it completely different and it was amazing. So do the healing work, you know, step out of your comfort zone, live your life in gratitude and trust, trust, trust your intuition because it is there for a reason, just like your GPS is there for a reason in your car or on your phone. You know, we need this to guide us. Um, we need this for validation. It can validate all of our decisions. Um, so thank you all for being here. I hope you will 
you know, if you haven't already, you will begin your healing process because I know how amazing it's going to be for you. And I know how wonderful you're going to feel. Um, but I want to thank everybody for being here. I'm very grateful that you all, you know, showed up and shared this space. I love you all. And I will see you next week. Good night. Share your appreciation to our show hosts by submitting a testimonial for your favorite Goldilocks Productions show.